I remember yeah. calling my mum and dad and I rang them and I said, this is what I'm doing now and this is the break even. And they said, you're absolutely mad. We didn't have enough finances to get the whole thing over the line. So it was a risk. We needed it to work or there was no festival. We, let's just have a look out and see what it looks like from the stage. And we it looked just out. A sea of people. Yeah as far as the eye could see. First things first, we've made the Festival of 25s, which mm -hmm. was a brave move, wasn't it, for us? Yeah, we, we are reconsidering the age, um, whether to make it 21s, 23s, and um, we went there and oh, we all broke down. It was just yeah. so it's emotional. Welcome back to CJ's podcast with Soul Town Festival. Today we have got two very special guests. We have the owners of Soul Town, Joe and Lucy. Thanks for coming down, guys. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thank you. So Soul Town is an amazing festival in South London um, that specialises in soul and Motown music and has booked some incredible headliners over the last few years. So tell me, guys, how did you two come into business together? I was already doing events and. Um, I always wanted to do a festival and I went to school with Lucy, uh, mm -hmm. she was a few years above me in school and I noticed that she was already doing a festival in the local area, she already already had the grounds, had already played this thing out. So mm -hmm. so where, where is it that you actually hold Soul Town? Uh, Beckenham. Beckenham. Beckenham, yeah. Like yeah. And uh, I approached Lucy and said, do you want to meet up about an idea that we've, I've got? Um, we initially spoke about doing a children's festival together on a, on a larger scale than she was already doing and then we both started to speak about Motown and soul music because Lucy was already doing that at a restaurant that she had at the time. Um, and then we decided to that we was going to make a Motown and soul festival. And then Lucy came up with a name. So it was Soul Motown, Soul Town. And straight away we got the wheels in motion and, and carried on from them. Love it, love it. So Lucy, what's your background? So you actually used to own a restaurant, right? I, I had a restaurant for 10 years. Um, within the restaurant we were doing pop-up events in the local grounds that we do the festival at and then Joe got in contact with me and we were friends really weren't we but yeah. obviously because Joe's a bit younger um, I didn't see him as much and then yeah we we that was it really and we started small it, it was going to be tributes wasn't it and then all of a sudden we booked Alexandra O'Neill <laughs> and it all flowed from there so you went from deciding to uh, put on a few tribute That's acts it. to actually booking yeah. global superstar Alexander O'Neill. I mean, and then it just rolled from there. Yeah, really, that's something it? in itself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know about some of the guys that you've booked headliner-wise, but reel off some of the names because you've had some amazing acts perform at the festival. Yeah, so yeah. Alexander O'Neill, Jocelyn Brown, Shalimar, Sybil, Evelyn Champagne King, the real Joy Sims, crazy Kenny Thomas, D Train. Yeah, so, there's, been, there's been some great acts. That's, just, that's, a, that's a serious amount of talent. And I know there's a whole list of other names on top of that as well, which yeah. have all been amazing to see. Um, so these are all legends in their own right. Like, crazy that you've managed to bring them all to your local community um, and put on this festival, right? So the first year, it was for how many people? 5,000. 5,000. And then the second year, it went to... Seven and a half. Seven and, then, and a, half a half to ten. Wow, up to 10. Yeah. And then next year it's going to be across... Next year's 10,000 across two days. Brilliant. So 10,000 each day, 20,000. Wow, so that's a serious jump up, which just goes to show <laughs> how your festival's gone from strength to strength, which is amazing. It is, yeah, is amazing. We're, we're actually going to grow the site but keep the capacity the same mm -hmm. so that we can have a better customer experience Perfect. Um, for Perfect. everyone that comes to the festival this year. So I guess a lot of putting a festival together... I mean, there's only so much planning you can do, but it's also a learning curve, right? So you're yep. looking at ways to improve the festival year on year. So constantly, yeah. Next year, 
I mean, you already told me you're going to have more bars. You're going to hopefully have more staff. I mean, this year, the whole hospitality industry was hit with just incredible yeah, really shortages was. and problems, yeah. um, which I know affected you guys particularly as yeah. well. But I know this has been the case from other events I've attended as well. Just trying to get the staff in coming out of lockdown has been crazy, right? It, like, re- it really affected us, all the supply issues, the staff in. As I spoke to you before, I've got a couple of pubs and we already knew about the supplier issues before because I was facing the same problems with the pub, but on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. When somebody lets you down for deliveries and stuff a day before a festival and you need it on such a large quantity, mm-hmm. there was no contingency plan that you can put in no, place for I think that. We had a total of 43 staff not show up on the day, so that really is wow. primarily one bar, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was near enough one whole agency because we used three agencies. Mm-hmm. The other two agencies that, that did pull through were quite good, and the, the third agency, yeah, obviously, I'm, we won't name, but I, they, um, yeah, I could they see really the guys, let us down with yeah. sort of 90% of their staff. I could see the guys absolutely working their socks off on the day. Yeah. They've done fantastically. Try, the try and get it, yeah, yeah, they really did. Yeah, and it it's stressful. You can only imagine people just constantly. Yeah. There was no yeah. respite for them, was it? But they all worked so, through. So basically, you had 43 staff, but like bar staff, not actually turn no. up. and one thing I know that was probably as a case of is following the COVID protocols of things like yeah. doing testing to actually come on site and yeah. people testing positive. positive for COVID and then not actually being able to come and yeah, work. Yeah, we had so many people isolating, didn't we? Like even yeah. the backups, which is just like, no. it doesn't even come. Well, we put in anywhere. a contingency. We had like a lot more staff, but no one could have uh, had a contingency for 43 staff not turning up. So it was a, it was yeah. a massive hit to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that tied in with people haven't been out for so long so everybody wanted a drink all at the same time mm-hmm. and they just couldn't keep up with the, the rush could they mm-hmm. um, no yeah it was def- definitely some issues this year that we're, we're looking at and trying to improve for next year well that's a good thing so acknowledging the areas that you can improve on and going into next year there's going to be more more bars more staffing and generally gonna put on an even more amazing festival experience because <laughs> i know on the whole from my experience personally I thought it was an amazing event musically um, getting to see some legendary acts like Shalimar and Sybil was like crazy and actually getting to interview them as well was a massive yeah. honour for me so thank you guys for no, thank no, you thank for doing you it. giving me that opportunity job. so you guys have gone from strength to strength during lockdown I mean you've been so innovative with your ideas like what were some of the things you were doing to keep busy in terms of like getting the brand out there we initially started off with the NHS hampers, didn't we? And tickets for NHS staff. And then it grew from there, really. We Then we decided to do the doorstep sessions. Mm-hmm. We saw one of our singers do do one, and then we thought, actually, that's a perfect idea to... I think he'd done one for someone's birthday. Um, and then we had, at one point, about 10 singers out, didn't we? Yeah. So just taking it back, what was the doorstep sessions? So this was just um, singers on the circuit that we said that if you want to get involved and give something back... Um, there was people's birthdays For, through the first lockdown it was entirely free and we just said look tip the singer if he was happy with the singer um, it was a really emotional thing to do wasn't it, it was, yeah we, we had, had some... we had people that had weeks to live oh that we we visited their houses we had all sorts didn't we yeah wedding anniversaries so. people that had had their weddings cancelled yeah. people that had their birthdays cancelled so. people that had their 21st birthdays like on the 18th that they were just allowed to go out and they're locked down so yeah, man, um, crazy yeah so you actually had singers turning up or basically organising yeah. singers to go to people's houses sing on their driveways and doorsteps and basically yeah. put on a show whilst at home what yeah, a great, great idea it, it quite was a few great. tears weren't there we, we tried it a few yeah, yeah I some, mean, some of our friends and stuff like one, uh, one of my f- uh, friends his mum had had a stroke 
but she could remember all the words and to the real to, thing to, to the, yeah. everything wasn't it and um, we went there and oh, we all broke down it was just yeah. so it's emotional. emotional but it, it, like I said it, it, we didn't initially do it to help grow the brand we just done it to keep busy and use our platform to do something good and um Give something yeah. back, really. Yeah, and we just it, it made the brand flourish. Yeah, that's People great. Just I talking mean, about it through the whole lockdown. If so. you go on to Soul Town social media, right, which is just on Instagram, it's just Soul Town Festival, right? Yeah. Um, you can check out some of those videos of the doorstep sessions and things like that. Um, which I'd yeah, I, I, well, from the outside looking in, I could see really like raised spirits in the community, which was amazing. And another thing you guys did was the Soul Town live streams. So what what did that involve? We was meeting weekly on a weekly basis at one of my pubs um, to just do artwork um, for the doorstep sessions and for the NHS hampers. We are just bouncing ideas around and then all four, well, me, Lucy, um, Rob, just said, why don't we do a live stream? Like, uh, I think the first one we saw was DJ EZ and it was at home with EZ, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah, that's right. And we said, we can do that. And yeah, and that when grew. Was... When we look back at the first one, it looks so bad because yeah. it's like panelling... The first one's in, basically like in Tony's a cardboard playroom. print, print work, you know, <laughs> Tony Richardson's And you can see playroom. the breaks in the, in so the branding. Got, yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's your main resident DJ, Tony R, NBA, who are, I know a lot of guys know, particularly in your area. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then that just grew from literally his front room to having green screens up. And That's it. You have Rob Wright, who's your videographer behind the scenes, who actually edits this podcast. Shout yeah, out, yeah. Rob. Yeah. Um, who's amazing, right? On so the he does side. all the branding and then all the back of house stuff, the YouTube technicalities that we just have yeah, no a, idea. Anything about. you see to do with Soul Town, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob pretty much. We have the ideas and Rob makes them come to life. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so <laughs> so we, we meet up all the time with Rob and he, he works with us closely and yeah, he's part of the reason our branding looks so good. Yeah, love that. So I guess with a festival, as we found out, you two guys are the owners, but it is a big team effort, right? So how indeed, big yeah. is your team now? I mean, as you said, you've got DJs, you've got technical. I mean, I, I don't know where to begin on where you would start on planning a festival, but I mean, how long does it actually take to plan that whole day? It's pretty much a year, isn't it? it everything rolls on <coughs> as you, as one finishes, the next one starts. Putting on events like this doesn't come without risk, right? Mm. And you guys pretty much put it all on the line to even get this festival to go ahead, right? Yeah. Well, initially in 2018. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. calling my mum and dad and I, they, they knew I was selling the restaurant and I rung them and I said, this is what I'm doing now and this is the break even. And they said, you're absolutely mad. Mm-hmm. People, people, you know, it's not going to last long and it'll be the worst thing you've ever done. Just go and get a proper job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why you can't always go with your head because even we looked at the like the the P&L and the, um, the cost sheet yeah, and the it was like the behind it and thought oh, God, this is how this is it would work. scare yeah, but it's, it was, it's like buying a house without having the money isn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah. We, on the first year we was relying on a lot of the ticket sales to cash flow what was needed to pay for the, the remaining balances for these acts and everything else we didn't have enough finances to get the whole thing over the line so it was a risk we needed it to work or there was no festival we would have had to refund everyone's money yeah, so it, it, to you. You, put, you, so well, yeah, you we, pulled it off and <laughs> got from strength for strength. Yeah. Yeah. Got a few grey hairs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we've had this a conversation in a few of the podcasts before is that you don't always make money off of events. No. A lot of it is building a brand, getting the marketing right. It does sometimes take a few events to get it right and yeah. then after that you start to see a bit of the return. So hats off to you for yeah. taking the plunge and actually <laughs> doing it on a big scale. We, 
takes a lot of guts to yeah it was a bit scary wasn't it yeah you, you, there's you been scary moments but yes yeah, it's, all, it's all been worth it it's all been worth it what, what would you say for you guys what was that moment you thought wow this is amazing I think it was obviously the first year we 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 kind of knew what it entailed to build a festival site and I think it was the build that was so draining the build was stressful because the wind levels were so high mm-hmm. so when the sound system went up the production guys pulled the sound system down and said it couldn't go up so Friday night by 10 o'clock we still had no sound system up and there was no festival wow so, so we, we had, had to wait for the wind levels to drop no, for the sound system no, to go up. That's a headache. But this <laughs> is after it. This is after like eighteen-hour days of rain. exhaustion, rain, wind, wind, and so, so much was up against us. But on the actual day, pouring down from ten till ten, five thousand people still showed up, and we was doing jobs throughout the day. And I went to see Lucy at some point. I think you were sat in the office, and said, "Come onto the stage and let's just have a look out and see." what it looks like from the stage and when we went onto the stage I think Alexander O'Neill was performing or someone before yeah uh, Evelyn Champagne King Sybil Sybil Sybil, Sybil. and um, we it looked out sea of people yeah as far as the eye could see and I know it was only 5,000 but it was as far as the eye could see and that's when we knew we had achieved and yeah. created something special Made and we had right something decision. to build on it yeah it was it was a really yeah, uh, yeah it was breathtaking wasn't it because yeah, you do have a lot of doubts you yeah. do and obviously because we care so much about the business all we see is the negativity you mm-hmm. know the stuff on Facebook or because we're always trying to get better so you, you get so caught up in that Mm-hmm. That when you look at something like that, it, it is breathtaking because you think, wow, we've created this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, I, I thought actually quite a nice moment personally that I found this year was despite all of the crazy headaches of the day with staffing shortages and alcohol supplies not arriving and all of the rest of it, there was a moment where Giles with your mum on the main stage, I think I, we must have been listening to Shalimar or one of the main acts. And there was just thousands of people in front of her, and she was literally like crying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was gosh. like, "My Joe's done this." She kept on saying, "She's like, oh, my Joe's done this. My Joe's done this." She's like, "How do you, how do you know, Joe?" <laughs> she was, uh, she was properly proud. So, well done for that. 100%. No, it was, it was an amazing. Yeah, this moment, year yeah. was a proud moment because, because it's been such a rocky ride, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, obviously, eighteen months of not knowing whether we can do yeah. it, can do it, not do it, and yeah, be, being up on that stage is it. it Obviously, with the complaints on the day and the bar queues and things like that, when you go up and you see 9,000 people singing along to Shalimar, mm-hmm. it's amazing and it make, does make it all worth it because mm. there are moments when things are going wrong where you doubt even what you're you doing. You question so. yeah, of course. whether it's all worth it. Yeah. You do, don't you? I yeah. mean, working in events is such a high-pressure environment where constantly decisions to be made, decisions to be made, like... I guess from year one to now, your team must have grown extensively to the fact that you're learning to delegate and hand out tasks and realising you cannot do the whole thing yourselves, yeah. right? So we definitely need to expand our yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's definitely one of our downfalls because we care about it so much. I mean, this industry... And it's so personal to yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah, the problem is, everything we outsource seems to go wrong <laughs> and then we end up pulling it back again, don't we? Yeah, but we've, we've learned that we, we can't do that to gain more control you need to let go of some things yeah and it's because we care so much in this industry it can be a little bit cutthroat at times you've probably had moments in your career doing being in this industry where people have been quite cutthroat to you and Mm -hmm. and where we're not like that we find it harder to be in the industry because we care so much when these things go wrong it really affects us too we want it to be right for for the customer for us for the acts so when these things go wrong it 
doesn't just affect the business it affects us as oh, well yeah, because we want it to be right we don't like for me that's a big thing and I'm sure it's a big thing for a lot of the other artists as well is not just working with any club promoter who's just there to earn a quick pound note like, yeah of course uh, you can tell at a festival when you see you guys backstage you are living and breathing <laughs> <laughs> every moment of that festival I, I mean it's probably a couple of times I walk past Lucy I'm like you're right and it's more of just like in a, in a zone yeah CJ I'm alright why what's, what's the matter <laughs> nothing's about it it's brilliant are you going to shout yeah. at me are you going to shout at me are you going to shout at me no I'm definitely not but um, no I think it's important um, to definitely acknowledge the fact that you two are two of the most genuine brilliant people to work oh, for in the industry and that I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the other DJs and singers like we can see how passionate you are about the brand which is why I'm sure it's going to go from strength to strength so moving into next year you're obviously looking to rectify a lot of the problems I mean hopefully stuff like the, the bar queues and the shortages of staff that will yep. slowly correct itself naturally as well well we've the extended year. the site mm-hmm. um, it's probably another half isn't it I would say yeah probably another on half to what, what you can see which will enable us to have another four bars Just four main bars got you so there's going to be four more bars to four counteract. more bars with a less capacity got um, so we're doing it over two days next year mm-hmm. um, we did two days this year as a trial we worked with Ravi Tots yeah I see so that was, was good. a t- totally separate to Soul Town but yeah the, the but c- a really good day it was successful wasn't it it just made us realise that we've got the capacity to do two days yeah. and so that's like a that's like a kids yeah. event, right? So it's yeah. like yeah. toddlers. Yeah, uh, with DJs I mean, we stuff. had a great day. It was a bit <laughs> yeah. of a reward for us, wasn't it? Like, yeah. oh, kind of nice. relaxing, yeah. Brilliant. It was just to see if we could, if we had the capability to turn the site around, make it clean, make it safe, and because you wouldn't believe the rubbish at the end of the night. Oh yeah, I've, I've what seen time it did? But by about half past three, it was clear, wasn't it? Ready? Yeah. Half past three in the morning, clear, mm-hmm. and then we got home. I think we had about an hour and a half. Yeah, we're going about six, up at seven, back to the site for the Sunday. Back to the site for the Sunday. But we know we can do it now. So. Yeah, well, that's it. And that's we've got it. some good plans, haven't we, for, yeah. for the two yeah, days. Some really good plans. There's some, plan- there's some things that you're never going to be able to have a contingency plan for. Of course. Um, but there's a lot of things that we know we could have now. Um, but you never expect these things to happen. Um, mm-hmm. We did have contingency plans, but not on the scale that we needed them mm-hmm. for the shortages on softs. And I mean, we had 16 pallets of uh, soft drinks and alcohol meant to be turning up on the Friday, and one pallet turned up, and they just said, "There's shortages." Sorry, no pre-warning. No, so it leaves you a day Crazy. to. Yeah, well, I literally see like bar staff with trolley fulls of yeah. lemonade from like yeah. the, the local cinema so trying to just fix the problems that yeah. were developing as the day went on but yeah. one thing I would say is I, I, I did think the music was fantastic this mm. year and I think as long as the the problems have been taken on board like you said you're making the contingencies you're doing what you can to improve the whole customer experience for next year I can't see why this festival isn't going to go from strength to strength like we've already seen it with the uh, the events at 3 for 8 which as you said now you've kind of separated the brand into the garden party and the festival you've got the festival which is still going to be family orientated but focusing more on your soul Motown acts and the old school headliners that yeah. are of legendary status but you're still going to have the garden party tent at the festival next year or yes. is, yeah. is that yeah. going to be on separate days or no, five no. days or the same day yeah it's going to be on the same day mm-hmm. because that was very well received mm-hmm. in 2019 that was well received by everybody in the festival whereas yeah. 2021 it was more received by the younger mm-hmm. and almost like alienated the older crowd from even wanting to go in there yeah so we mm-hmm. need to because yeah that's what i was absolutely wowed by the first time i played at soul town in would have been 2019 is the garden party was almost like 
a last minute additional, additional add-on. Yeah. You know what we'll do? Yeah. We'll put a few of the DJs on. We'll it was Soulful House, an extension of the Soul brand, bit of vocal club classics and commercial dance music. Yeah. Just as a bit of a side thing. And I remember just all of a sudden that tent just packing out for sea of people. Everyone singing along. I remember um, I, I played with her this year as well, but Susie Soul, she was brilliant. Oh, she's amazing. And Alison Limerick done a live PA That's in it. there. And Baby it was, D. It was just using like Tony's two, <laughs> two uh, PA yeah. speakers. And yeah. then you're like, wow, this is like an actual force to be reckoned with. And I guess that is where the whole garden party thing yeah. was which, kind of born Which is of. such a good little brand because it's yeah. it's been... That's a big moment for me this year. When when did we do the full capacity one? 30th of July this year. Yeah. yeah it was so after August, all the restrictions yeah. got lifted, 30th of July. And how many was it? 2,400? 2,003 or 2,000. And I went up onto the balcony and just looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, all these people dancing who haven't danced in like 18 oh, months. Yeah, it was amazing. It's quite incredible. Because I remember you guys actually got your foot in the door at Free Freight by doing a few... Of garden parties in the garden. Garden parties actually yeah. outside with kind of tables to sit. They were a saviour for us, weren't they? When they first, mentally, like, when you're, yeah, mentally, when you're yeah. first allowed to go out yeah. and do anything, that was like the first opportunity for anyone <laughs> to go out that side of the river and actually go to like a bit of a social event. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. good. They, they were really yeah. good. And again, they wasn't financially... But they we kept didn't. all the DJs and musicians with a bit of work, didn't they, every week? Yeah, yeah. everyone had work every they week. Kept everyone us was so sane. grateful for doing it and they kept us saying, yeah, no, just putting brilliant. on parties and keeping the brand alive, really. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And that's what's been great as well. As you said, doing now you've moved inside to a full capacity club, it is almost quite overwhelming seeing that amount of people yeah. like dancing and have a good time with like actually feeling the base of a sound system. Something like that. Definitely not felt in, in 18 bit. months yeah. and you're like, wow, like... <laughs> Yeah, it hits you for six. But um, so you've got three, three, eight coming up. Um, obviously, m- might have already done it at the time of this being released. But three, three, eight in December. You're also doing the O2 Indigo at the O2, which is again a very prestigious venue. So you guys done that before last year. Who's on the lineup for this year's event? We've got Melbourne Moor, Loose okay. Ends, Odyssey, and then all of our standard standard team. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah. so how you works, included? Yeah. So how it works <laughs> at those kind of O2 events, right? Is you'll have a few different singing acts incorporated with your kind of resident DJs as well, yeah. playing classics throughout the night, and it just kind of flows. So. Yeah, it's a nice event, that isn't it? It is really nice, yeah, because obviously the setup's already done, the venues. And again, all that puts on the map to go. because mm-hmm. it's a prestigious, prestigious, prestigious <laughs> venue. Yeah. You know, and, and we had that year one of our business, didn't we? 2018. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the one where if I put the flyer up on social media, I'll get like mums and uncles yeah. and people saying oh I, I, I fancy going to that one yeah. and that's actually like and a- again that's why that's that's Soul Town Festival mm-hmm. and the garden parties at 338 mm-hmm. because as you said you get the mums the aunties and everything asking about and that, that's perhaps, what we yeah. want we want them to feel like they can come to an event and mm-hmm. not say oh we feel really old yeah, so they come and they want to they're, they're surrounded by people of a similar age like-minded yeah. people like the same music mm-hmm. and that, 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 that's why we want to disassociate the brands and, and keep them separate I'm glad I've got you two in for a chat because I know you two don't really do interviews at all and I know no, you, 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 were, you were quite ner- <laughs> quite nervous about coming on camera but then I did have to remind you that at Soul Town Festival like a couple of days before you're like oh you don't fancy interviewing the artist backstage do you uh, CJ and I was like 
uh, yeah, I can do it. And you're like, yeah, you've only got to interview like Sybil, Shalimar. And I'm thinking, oh my God, why have I got to do this? But, oh, you've done uh, a great job, mate. Yeah, you've done a fantastic job. Well, you guys have done well with the interview here as well. Absolutely so um, sometimes you've just, uh, <laughs> just got to wing it, right? Just dive in. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine I am just starting out in the music industry or events or hospitality, and I'm thinking about pursuing this as a career. What would be your top tips for me now? going in and say listen just remember this uh, I'd say number one thing is never screw anyone over in the industry because your name carries you forward yeah. you don't see many people that's been in the industry for 10-15 years and still doing it if they've screwed anyone over because they get a name for themselves mm -hmm. uh, number two always support people and they will support you. you you get back what you give out so um, networking yeah, networking with other people and just meeting other people in the industry because you never know when your paths are going to cross again and you can be working directly with that person. So Yeah, no, that, well, that's, that's fantastic of advice for sure. And uh, yeah, we've touched on it in previous podcasts about how important networking is and actually how Colin said this as well. The nice people are the ones who survive in this industry. It's the people yeah. that think they're the nuts or whatever and... It's such a cutthroat industry. And, we yeah. had to learn fast. I know you knew more sort of about that industry yeah. from being in the clubs, but mm -hmm. I, it came as a complete shock to me. But I mean, in our first six game. months of business, I got called a very rude name by a manager. Didn't yeah, <laughs> she didn't need. But being in, in events is totally different to putting on a festival. Mm -hmm. I was quite naive to it myself. You even go to a thousand capacity club, two thousand capacity. It's a whole different ball game when you go into an open field. And you need mm. to logistically make these things work. And a no lot of people no. are looking at you to com copy our concept, or yeah. aren't they? It is, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's very solid advice. And I think with that networking thing, proofs in the pudding. Joe, I met you about <laughs> 15 <laughs> years ago and uh, haven't been able to shake you since. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for booking me again. God, is so, that how long so, I've yeah. got? 15 <laughs> no, years. Mate. Well, oh. It's the same thing you said about Colin as well. It's, it's, a, it's about being nice people in the industry. You'll never meet anyone that will meet Colin Francis or yourself and has a bad, bad word to say about you. So oh, Colin's that's an why absolute legend. He is. Yeah. He's an absolute <laughs> gentleman. And that's why these people in this industry will continue to flourish because mm -hmm. you get out what you give. So. Yeah, no, 100% well, that's extremely solid advice. So, guys, you have already set out plans for a bigger and better two-day festival in your hometown, in Beckenham. Is it Beckenham? Yeah, Beckenham. Beckenham. Just for the listeners who don't know where Soultown is, you can catch <laughs> it in Beckenham. Um, and what are the dates of that? 3rd and 4th of September. Perfect. So, a great way to end the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk to me about what other summer plans you've got in the pipeline because you just done an event at Ocean Beach, right? In our B5? Yeah. Have you got plans to go back to our B4 or a board? Or... It? It's brilliant. Yeah, that's really good. Obviously, you look at being a promoter, events organiser, you look at places like O Beach and IB for and you aspire to one day put an event on there. And then when we finally uh, got the call uh, from Tony Truman, who said we've got a date? It was it was amazing, and we we put everything into it. It was brilliant. It, it, wasn't it? it was really really good, and hopefully um, we're in talks with those guys about next year about doing a date in the summer. So. Got you. So you've laid some foundations with your gigs aboard this summer. Just gone with Ibiza, and you've got a few more plans to maybe go back out there next summer. Yeah, and who we knows? did Monaco in in May, didn't we? Just gone as well. Oh, amazing. So the, yeah, you you guys are going to be at the Monaco Grand, Grand Prix, Prix again. We will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unique uh, on hospitality the, on a yacht trackside. Right? That's it. Yeah, trackside super yacht. Yeah, fantastic. So it's another pinch yourself moment when we're out there. Yeah, in, it's in incredible. Monaco. Yes, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Fantastic. So sporting events. 
in international <laughs> gigs and hopefully festivals. I mean, I'm sure by the next time we talk, there's going to be a whole list of countries that you guys are going to be in pursuit of or taken over, hopefully. I mean, coming out of, yeah, like you said, coming out of this weird time of lockdown and travel restrictions and everything else, I think the world will be your oyster on the other side of this. I hope so. And bringing this brand to a a whole new audience as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. One thing I've found, especially in London, is people just love the music that you guys put on. And it's so refreshing to go to an event where you're seeing all of these legends perform like where else can you do that it's amazing yeah, so it's yeah. Cool. yeah it's nice it really is a niche and we've we're really enjoying the process so we've got some big announcements for the lineup next year haven't we Coming yeah yeah soon yeah we've so done a big jump with the, <laughs> we're a big jump with the artists yeah well, i was gonna say i see on your social media because a lot of your got a lot of the planning by you guys does involve a, a lot of finding out what your clients and customers yes actually like. i know we're you do so a, surprised you by do the a lot of market research today. and yeah you put out a lot of questionnaires and try and get a gauge for basically how you can improve the, infest- like improve the festival on, on every level and aspect, really. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, so when can we expect to find out who is going to be headlining Soul Town 2022? So prob- probably by the time that this podcast comes out, there's going to be announcements about our headline acts. We always announce the headline and tickets on sale at the O2. Okay, so brilliant. on Friday the 10th. So, yeah, so the O2 will announce who's going to be... On the screens and tickets go on sale for, for that audience and then on Saturday's general release. Yeah, Brilliant. 24 hours later. So they get uh, oh, the, yeah. the people that are at the event at It's Indigo. a big jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big no, jump. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> it's a two-day festival. It's, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we needed wait. a new risk, didn't we? Yeah, just another <laughs> one to put in there. So Fantastic. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. How can the guys listening find out about your festival? So you're on social media, it's... At Soultown Festival on yeah, Instagram. Our website. And your website. What's your website? Yeah, Soultownfestival.com. Soultownfestival.com. Perfect. So, guys, make sure you go check them out. Yeah. Because um, it's an amazing festival in South London, full of good vibes, good music, good people. Um, and it does cater to all age groups. So, mm-hmm. make sure you get down there in September and hopefully see you at the O2 or Free for Eight or check out one of the other events that these guys are doing. Moving into the festival next year, what can uh, your guests and people going expect from the festival is going to be slightly different to previous years so we've first things first we've made the festival over 25s which mm-hmm. was a brave move wasn't it for us yeah we're now considering to lower it slightly to over 21s mm-hmm. um just because our objective when we first started was to create a festival for the older generation to go and enjoy and not feel out of place mm-hmm. um and in 2021 the festival's just gone that didn't really happen and we were quite aware of that that the online streams had had created a new younger audience that followed the brand Mm -hmm. um so we knew that we had to act fast and correct that so that's what we've done but we've obviously we've received a lot of messages online from people and 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 the whole reason we started the festival as well was three generations of people can come yes you had the daughter the mum the nan family affair right yeah Yeah, and, and so we was a little bit disappointed when some of these sort of 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds were saying, oh, no, please, we want to come. Like, mm-hmm. Last year I came with my mum and my nan. It was fantastic. And then that got us a bit disheartened. So we, we, we are reconsidering the age, um, whether to make it 21s, 23s. Mm-hmm. We do realise that we, we can't make it a festival where everyone comes now because... Mm-hmm. We did it's start it for the old, following, yeah, it? yeah. We did start it for the older generation, and we want them to feel comfortable and mm-hmm. to enjoy their day first and foremost. So of that's course, our, yeah. that, that's our. It's, it's a bit of a catch twenty two for you guys because through the incredible work that you've done through lockdown in raising awareness of the brand and doing these live streams, you've 
taken on a whole new audience where you're doing venues like Studio 338 which is primarily a house club yep. you are getting the younger generation want to come and enjoy the music which is fantastic because all of this generation still appreciate all of that great music and it's great actually to educate a lot of them on like your 70s, 80s and disco that oh, yeah, it's they, great. they might have but not necessarily listened to before yeah. and people are going and really getting into the vibe of it and then you go and do a festival and as you said sometimes trying to separate the two audiences can be very difficult so yeah. you've actually now split the brand into two sides right so yeah. you've got Soul Town the festival and you've got Soul Town the garden party yeah so moving forward what what's going to be kind of the answer you're still going to do clubs like free for eight and go down that route and still put on events for the younger generation as yeah. well yeah yeah with the, the reason we disassociate the brands is because there's soul that word soul is such a, a wide word where you can go with it so we've the, the two brands going alongside each other it just wasn't working because younger people were turning up to the older events expecting soulful house music mm-hmm. and older people were turning up to the younger events expecting soul and motown so we disassociated the brand. Soultown Festival is now purely going to be over 21s, 25s, whichever we decide. And that's going to be purely Soul and Motown Club mm-hmm. Classics. And that will be the festival and the O2. And then mm-hmm. that's it for those, yeah. those events. And then the Garden Party is where we're going to be doing all these pop-ups for the younger generation to come over 18s, where it's all things. A bit of Soul, a bit of Mo- Motown mixed in with Soulful House disco and a bit more for that younger generation because mm-hmm. they they do come and support us i mean yeah that's definitely a niche that 1825 market you know they go wild for ain't no mountain high enough in a club yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. good it we've, good. we've got a niche there it's just sort of winning at both angles really yeah of course yeah i, I totally appreciate how difficult it must be to keep the two audiences separate and happy at the same time yeah as you said soul town festival is a, a festival for the whole family to be enjoyed but then it's like you said, you've got a younger generation who love the Soulful House and it's more, more of a dance tent, really, at the festival. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the main stage, which is obviously on a much larger scale, but families kind of sat down relaxing, yeah. having a dance, but enjoying the rest Not, of the day. Yeah, of course. Actually sitting down and listening to the music rather than necessarily partying as hard as, well, I like to consider myself the, the younger generation. So, uh, <laughs> I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but yeah. Getting closer yeah, to no. the main stage now, mate. Yeah, no, that's it, getting closer to the main stage someday, Joe, someday. So, Joe, you touched on briefly that you've actually got a pub as well. So, yeah. is it just the one pub you've got, or? Well, I've got two pubs. Okay. Yeah, the Summerfield down in Lee and the Bull's Head in Pratt's Bottom. Okay, in South London. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, I know you originally from actually being a club promoter, so... Where did this whole journey of... Don't worry, we'll get back to you in a second, Lucy. No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm happy for Joe to tell. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've heard Joe tell this story many times. So, it's the Joe, spiel. Yeah, Come on, Joe. <laughs> the Joe show. Right. <laughs> so, back to CJ's with Joe. Um, <laughs> so, we could have probably do a whole episode on you, Joe. But anyway, where did it all start for you in terms of actually saying, right, I want to go out there and put on events of music and have a good time? Um, it was always a side. It was always a side thing. I was like Joe, ten jobs. I've tried every job and couldn't find my feet in anything. And I always done promotions on the side, mm-hmm. and it was handing out flyers and selling tickets for sub promoting for other people and coming up with my own little brand names. And then I was putting on parties on the side of actually being an estate agent. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yeah, is that where, you, where you got your gift for the gab? No, that was actually a... Didn't sell no house. No, 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 market trading. I I uh, worked on a market store from when I was sort of 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And that's what taught me sort of entrepreneurial 
skills and how to make money out of buying and selling stuff and you love a deal don't you I do love a deal yeah <laughs> I do love a deal <laughs> and, um, on race polo, yeah so. exactly yeah. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah just sub promoting and then it obviously led into me doing my own nights um, done some nights at Ministry Pasha and then the, the estate agents saw me with a flyer uh, on my screen and said look you can't be doing the both you've got to decide what you want to do um, so I decided to give it a year of doing events to see if I could make it into a career. And if I couldn't, I was still young enough to go and get what they call a real job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it, it started to flourish and doing my own events was making me enough money to live on and I really enjoyed it. And then opportunities started opening up to own my own venues and started with a club. Then the more and more I grew up, it was like bars and then went into pubs and, and then, yeah, sort of the festival's the, the most recent thing that we started to do. So it's all transferable skills, right? It's all kind of leading yeah. to this moment of definitely of yeah. running a festival. So you guys have got an amazing team behind you, right? Um, and I know you just want to extend a quick thank you to all of them. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people think that this is a big corporation with big offices and things like that. It's not. It's a small handful of people that make this work and a lot of subcontractors. So we want to say a massive thank you. So first and foremost to all our followers and supporters that have been to the festival over the last sort of three four years especially um, over the lockdown yeah definitely everyone that's without, us through the you know, lockdown the business flourished in lockdown which is incredible yeah yeah amazing all the artists all the staff that work with us uh, yourself obviously you do a lot for Soul Town as well and our friends and family that, that, that muck in on the day and uh, yeah, help, help us get it over the line basically so yeah we're, we're hugely grateful to everyone yeah I mean that is uh, one of the things I've always taken away from Soul Town is that <laughs> the the staff behind it are actually all just like friends and family and it's such a close knit oh, of people oh it is even our signage guy does our signage but then is on a cherry picker putting up banners you know and <laughs> doing all sorts of various jobs yeah, I'm sure ma- he'll tell you <laughs> brilliant massive no, I love it. nice one Lovely. thanks for coming down guys no, thank you thank you perfect so much,